Hey, howdy, hey guys, Bree here saying hello and welcoming you to a new episode. Just a couple of housekeeping things first. We love that so many of you have supported and listened to the show so far, but if you're not already, be sure to hit up the Facebook group, our Instagram, and Twitter for updates. Also, remember, we're not just here on Podbean. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Now then, we've got another great interview for you today. The one, the only, Jeff Tremel. He's a writer on that lovely little show on Cartoon Network called Craig of the Creek. We get into some fun chatter about the Avengers, the ins and outs of the Nick writing program, and what it takes to work as a writer in animation and the powerful impact Craig of the Creek has had on the Black community. So if you're interested in writing, this episode is 100% for you. Now, without further ado, here's the episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, once again, thanks for coming thanks out. Thanks for having me on your Overwatch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's Overwatch all day, every day. <laughs> About who watches the we're Overwatch. Just, yeah, we're just trying to figure out what is an Overwatch. What is an Overwatch? And why are we watching over the Overwatch? What wait, is, is that it? what it's about? Is it what, about watching over things? Why is it called Overwatch? Now I'm like, wait a minute, is that a connection? Well, there's a Black Watch. Wait, is there a yeah. black watch? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, in the game? Mm-hmm. In the lore of the game. Oh, in the lore. Because there's the no game. story mode, mm. but like, there's a ton of lore and backstory to it. Yeah. Well, like, isn't that all the evil people though? Uh, like the bald dude. Dead arm. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. There's, okay, there's this like dead arm. Black fist. dude. Dead fist. Dead arm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry. Like, my like, was like, oh, you gotta watch this like intro video for like Doomfist. So I'm like, oh. dead all arm. I remember was like, he, it was about his arm. I like that. I feel yeah. like that's almost as bad as. So we'll get into the podcast in a second. I just want to say, <laughs> so my roommate went to go see because because uh, she works at Disney as a P, as a PA there and they have they have like a free screening of uh, Infinity War mm-hmm. so she went to go watch it and she's never seen any of these movies she's well she's only seen Black Panther and Spider-Man Homecoming she has no context for anything else and so when she was talking about it with my other roommate who's also a PA, uh, production coordinator at Disney she was like yeah I didn't really like that Tobias guy and my other roommate was like Tobias and like Thanos and she's like, oh, is that the name? <laughs> wow. I love of all the names to mistake it, like not even like Thomas or like anything. Tobias. <laughs> you said Tobias and I was like, uh wait, the Falcon? <laughs> Animals? Is this a Tob- what? <laughs> oh man. I love that story. <laughs> hey guys. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> well, welcome to the Avengers Infinity War spoiler cast about Tobias. Uh, no, just kidding. This is the Black and Animated Podcast. Welcome to the Black and Animated Podcast. <laughs> I'm Way. And I'm Bree. And we have a special guest with us. Guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? It's Thanos. <laughs> um, I think you mean Tobias. It's pronounced Tobias. Uh, when I don't go by Tobias, I'm Jeff Trammell. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm just here while I'm looking for the rest of the stones. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is going to date this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like dating episodes of podcasts. That sounds, okay, the, the structure of that sentence is weird, but <laughs> like when you have a little tidbit of when the do podcast you bring them, is. Do you bring the podcast home by seven? <laughs> yes, I make sure that they're home by curfew. <laughs> Very nice of the podcasts. <laughs> You don't want to upset the dad cast. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you got to make sure they're like seven. Yeah. Oh my that's God. right. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah. Black and animated. <laughs> this is a rocky start, isn't it? Very. I feel like. No, oh, but that's good. Some rocks are starting. I'd rather it start with a rock rather than with. I don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah. You know what? Stock. I can't even say Rocky starts. Rocky starts are good. <laughs> so, hey, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did we already do that? Oh, uh, no. I am enjoying this. Uh, I love the Rocky start thing. Uh, someone else had a Rocky start, and that was The Rock. And look at him. He's doing great. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, and what do you do that makes you awesome within the animation world? Uh, hmm. <laughs> oh, awesome. No. Uh, I am a writer for various shows. Uh, I, wrote, I write for Craig of the Creek currently. Uh, I worked on Glitch Text and Harvey Beaks and a bunch of other stuff that I don't think I can talk about yet. Secrets. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of my thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been out here for two and a half years. Um, it's gone by really quick. And in that time, I've worked for Disney. Hasbro, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, Amazon, DreamWorks TV, and uh, somewhere else I, I'm blanking on. You had your hands in all like the big guys, huh? I'm trying to make sure that everyone knows who I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, because then when my reign as Tobias happens, <laughs> they'll, they'll already know what's going on. <laughs> So you've been writing in all these different places. Was that something that you always knew you wanted to do? Or were you just like in the middle of another career and you're like, I want to write. What am I doing? <laughs> um. So my career is, I guess, very unusual in the sense that like, uh, like I mentioned, I've only been out here for a few years. Uh, to give you guys like the brief explanation of my backstory. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Because I loved wrestling. And then when I turned 16, I started wrestling professionally in Michigan. Uh, I did that for two or three years. And it wasn't for me. It was very, like, politicky, And I was a young, young boy. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, I want to do something else. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't go to college for anything. So I went to, like, a trade school for video production. Hmm. And while I was there, I discovered uh, 30 Rock. And I was like, oh, crap. You can, like... You, people pay you to write? I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, I'll write because I was doing like YouTube sketches with a friend at a time. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, all right, well, I guess I want to be a writer. So I found everything I could online and taught myself how to write scripts. And uh, I just had like a bunch of different jobs in the meantime, doing like security uh, at the airport and security at Target and stuff. And I was like, well, I want to write. So I don't. I got to figure out a way to get out here. So I discovered the Nickelodeon writing program and I was like, this is amazing. They like pay you to learn and they move you out here and you just take improv, which I really wanted to do. And uh, I was like, I got to enter this like right now. And it was mm-hmm. May 
and the deadline had ended in April. Oh. So I was like, all right, next year. So I worked on uh, two spec scripts, one for the league and one for Bob's Burgers. I sent uh, the league script in. I knew when you, like, if you get to a certain round, you need to have another script. Mm-hmm. So I had the Bob's one as a backup. And uh, they called me and they were like, hey, you're a quarterfinalist. Uh, you got to have some interviews. And I sent in my other script. And then, like, before I knew it, I was a finalist and I flew out here. And I had 13 interviews in three days. Some were like one on one, some were like me at the head of a table with like 10 people asking me questions. Wow. And yeah, it was intense. <laughs> and uh, at the end of that, they like accepted me as one of the four people they brought on that year. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like how my career started in October 2015. Wow. That is That's so really intense. Cool. I'm like imagining how terrified I would be. It was 13, 13 interviews in three days. 13 interviews. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess they really need to know the person that yeah. they're going to be hiring and they want to make get the right person and make the right decision. Definitely. So mm-hmm. it was like a lot of, some was like meeting with coordinators or some was like meeting with the Nick Original Movies team. Wow. And then they were like uh, a meeting with like me and Butch Hartman. So it was like, Everybody on like certain rounds would meet with you and kind of like, oh, I think this person would be a good fit, or maybe not this person, you know. So, like a fit as in like you being interviewed, a fit to like work as a mentee under someone, or like you being a fit to come in like at all. I think to come in at at all. Okay. I think it's like they basically are like picking like these people. I think have a ton of potential, so maybe we should pick them in, like bring them in. Mm. Um, I'm not too privy as to like what they're grading you on so it's right. kind of just like me mm-hmm. talking about my story trying to sell myself to them it's like this is why i deserve this super rare opportunity to like mm-hmm. come out to nickelodeon mm-hmm. yeah that leads me into like uh asking what or like what what did they have you do as a nick writing mm. apprentice like were you were you under someone or um they just threw you, you in, like, here, write yeah, a script. Like, were you, yeah, did they <laughs> just it. throw you in? Were you on a bunch of different shows? Were you on one show? How'd that work? So the way the writing program worked for me, because mm-hmm. I think it varies. Mm-hmm. Um, we come in, we revise the scripts that we uh, submitted to get in. Because mm-hmm. while they're good enough to get you in, they aren't perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. So we work on that and make them better. So once you're at the end of the program, if you're submitting them with samples or something, you can say, not only did I win a program with this script, but now it's even better than it was. Okay. Um, and the program is headed up by uh, Karen Kirkland, who's the director. And she kind of like will review the script. She'll give you notes. And that's how you make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, she suggested that I send in my Bob's Burgers to the Austin Film Festival. Made it to the second round, which I'm really proud of. Nice. Uh, the same script that I used in Fixed is the one that I sent out for jobs now mm. so i'm still getting work off that sample which is really cool nice. um we well, do that that shows that your writing is like super strong yeah mm. and it only got so much better after that program so it was like a boot camp mm-hmm. uh so a lot of writing in the beginning of rewriting the scripts then you get a random script from a random show so there's like a bingo tumbler thing and you pull out a number and you get you have to write a script on that show and that's the simulative, like, you got hired tomorrow to work on this show. Could you write for it? 
So if it's something like, oh, you got Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but you've never seen it. Now you have to watch all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> so you can write to that show. Mm. But it teaches you to like adapt very quickly. Mm. Um, another thing we did was like improv. Uh, we took sketch classes. Uh, what else? Uh, Robert McKee Story Weekend. Like so many things to like. Oh, we did like a faux writer's room with Samir Gardezi, who's a former uh, winner from twenty to, from 2005. And it's going on to like work on Modern Family and a bunch of really cool stuff. So he came back and like taught our room. And that's like the kind of stuff we'd learned. And like if this if this was a real writer's room, what are your strengths and weaknesses? Mm-hmm. So it's very like hands on and you learn a lot, like very quickly, which is great. Um from there, in March, I joined the writer's room for Harvey Beaks. Uh, so I got to work with Carl Greenblatt and Donnie Michaeli, who's a story editor, and just an amazing room of people. Mm. And uh, from that point, I worked on that show until, I want to say, the end of the program in October. Um, I was able to write two episodes, one of which was made. Um, I ran their social media account, which mm. is really cool. Because I got to meet so many cool like fans and stuff through that. Mm-hmm. And um, what else? Oh, Harvey was interesting because prior to me joining the program, since I was self-taught, I had never written outlines. Because mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, I have this idea for the story. I'll kind of like place beats here and there, and then I'll write. I never had like an actual outline of like, oh, this is everything that happens in the story. Mm-hmm. So then I went to Harvey, which was a completely outlined show, because mm-hmm. it's a storyboard-driven show. Mm-hmm, okay. So, uh, as a, after I joined the program, I'd written like one or two outlines for my scripts that already existed. So then I had to go to Harvey and just like try to condense me usually writing like 30 pages of <laughs> a script <laughs> into a three page outline, oh, uh, which is such a hard thing to balance because you don't want to give too much mm-hmm. because then the boarders don't have any freedom. Right. But if you don't give them enough, then they don't know what you want and anything could happen. Mm-hmm. So it's like a really like hard line to master. But uh, Harvey was great for that. Um, the boarders were amazing. So uh, it was kind of like getting to test that skill, but knowing that like if I messed up, there were so many awesome people around me that would help me and right. I could learn from. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, so that was an awesome, really awesome thing. Um, I'm trying to remember what else happened in that program because it was a lot. It also went by very quickly. Oh, I um, met with Dan Milano, one of the co-creators of Glitch Text. Nice. And I got to be in like a um, like a think tank for the show, which mm. is really cool. Uh, he invited me into that and I got to pitch ideas for the show. I was in the writer's room for the first like six episodes and I got to do an episode of Glitch Text. Um, so yeah, all that stuff happened within the span of one year in that program. Wow. You, it was just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I wonder if that's so fast. Yeah. It's like so much happening in like like a year. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go back to something that you mentioned which was really intriguing to me. Mm. Um, so, because I know that there's a difference between like the board-driven shows and then like the script-driven. Yeah. And I didn't know there was like a certain nuance that I guess that writers have to consider when doing uh, more so when writing for board driven stuff. Like, or like, what do you exactly have to do in order to make sure that you give enough but not too much? Like, do you 
like sit with the showrunner and be like okay this is what the show like showrunner's like this is what i want and then you're like okay like i'm gonna write it down and things like that like how do you go about navigating that that's really interesting Mm -hmm. um i think it depends on the show of course Hmm. um i'm on craig now craig is board driven uh so we do outlines and the creators of craig uh matt and ben are two guys who were the writers for steven universe so I'm coming in to a group of a a team where these guys are already like have been writing, you know, almost perfect outlines for years. So I get to bring what I brought from Harvey to that. And I think some of that is like just making sure you track emotions throughout the story, making sure you know exactly what you want to do. And if there's some gray area, if it's like, oh, I want to make sure like Craig and Kelsey and JP are doing something funny before we jump into the story. I can say like, oh, man, they're playing kickball, trying to kick a ball to the moon if they all time it correctly. Mm-hmm. Or I can just trust that my boarders who I work with will be like, oh, I know exactly what Craig would do. And I can just say, oh, Craig does something really funny. And then, you know, paintball Mike shows up. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like knowing who you work with and trusting those people and knowing like what their strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an amazing team. So if I know like, oh, this episode's going to Deshaun and Naja, then I want to make sure it's more action-heavy. Or if this episode's going to Tiffany and Jason, then, you know, they are really good with heartfelt stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just knowing what story's going where and knowing what I need to focus on and also having Ben and Matt there to kind of like, oh, we should beef this up or we should leave this be. And then trusting the board team to do what we, you know, know they can do. Mm -hmm. Um, And also with the handouts, anything that's not clear, like, oh, I was thinking, like, for this section, we could call back to this. And they're like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And we go from there. So it's not just like, here you go. I wrote down everything. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I am done with this episode. Right. Like, so, I'll see you when we do the next yeah, See you in a month. Uh, so, like, that's the thing, too, like. I can easily convey to them if I have anything, like if there's anything that I think is going to bump them. And at the same time, I'm always open. So if they have any questions, they can come to me. If we're like, oh, Craig's washing dishes and he doesn't know what to do, I can be like, oh, have him sing Little Butler. And then it happens. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. It's a very two-way street. I guess. Uh, when it comes to the writing process, are you given like, the I guess the theme of the episode, like what uh, the creator or something is like thinking an episode will go like, or are you like coming up with the entire story by yourself, or like how does that process work? It's a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, because our writers' room is like at one point there were four people, now currently there's three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very much like if Ben has an idea, he'll come in and lay it out, or if I have an idea, if Matt has an idea, and we'll kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very collaborative, but also like you know. When I joined, there had been a few freelance episodes that were written by other writers. So that was the kind of thing where, like, we'd come in and work together to figure out where we wanted to take it from there. Mm. Um, Since then, it's kind of just internally generated stuff. So sometimes I'll be like, oh, let's do an episode with this character and this character because they haven't crossed paths yet. Or Mm. Ben will be like, oh, I was thinking over the weekend that we should do this. And then we kind of just work together and create it. Um it usually comes down to them deciding what we want to do. I'll go off and write it and take a pass. I'll bring it back to them. They'll give me notes and I'll make those edits and then we'll all work on it together. 
But the cool thing about Craig from other shows that I've worked on, like Harvey, was after the outline was done and is out of my hands, that's kind of like it. And then in five weeks or so, I'd see the team pitch it. Mm. With Craig, it's different because we hand out that outline. The next week, the team comes back and, pitch, and pitches it. Oh, okay. But, um, I mean, it's like very... Like thumbs and stuff. Yeah, I was about to say like, what are they pitching? <laughs> like, are they just like the here's whole a blank, clean here's board. A board? Here's another blank board. Right. Ooh, here's a stick figure. No, like, they just draw really fast. This is where a joke would be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's very like, it's thumbs. It's not like you know super cleaned up. Mm-hmm. But the reason they do that is when they come back and pitch it, we can see oh, is the story working? Is there things mm-hmm. we need to tweak? Yeah. Do we need to nip things now because it's not working, or can we strengthen stuff? So it's very hands-on in the sense that, like, not only do I get to write this outline, but when it comes back, we can see what works. And if we have any joke pitches or, oh, it would be, like, really funny if we did this thing and we can add it there. Oh, that's And then really cool. the next week, they come back and pitch it again. And this time it's for our crew. So then we can see, like, oh, did this joke get a huge laugh from the crew? We should keep it. Did this one not? Maybe let's consider trimming it or beefing it up. Mm-hmm. And then after that's done... And uh, they get like three weeks to clean it up, mm-hmm. and then we go from there. And then even at like every stage, I'm still involved because when we do the record drafts, or when we go in and record Philip, who plays Craig, or anyone else, we can I can still pitch jokes. I'm like, oh, we should have him try this, or let's get him reading this. Which is okay, really cool. nice. That's really cool. Uh, like constant, like you're always there, like kind of throughout the entire process a little yeah. bit. Like, yeah, it's nice to track it as opposed to like finish it, hand it off, and then, like, wait to see how it turned mm-hmm. out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm assuming now that um, it's different at every place you work, though, the process has just been different when it comes to writing the one yeah. you've done? With Harvey, it was more like writing it, handing it off, and then I think Carl would see it through all those stages. It wasn't really for the writers because we were always generating, mm-hmm. but I think we had a bigger room. Mm-hmm. Like, our writer's room was, like, maybe six people with the script coordinator, um, whereas Craig's room is smaller. Matt and Ben are running all over the place doing everything Mm because they're in edits and everything else. So I kind of get to step up and do other things, which is cool. Mm. That's really cool. Um, Going back to the writing program for a second, Mm -hmm. um, because I've seen that on the application for it, uh, they say you can do spec scripts, and you've mentioned as well that you did one for uh, Bob's Burgers and... um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Or no, uh, The League. The, the yeah. League, the League, right. Why am I thinking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I, don't I know mentioned what... it earlier. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> Accepted it. That's probably why. <laughs> um, but those scripts are not necessarily for um, the demographic that Nick kind of puts right. out. Is the, I guess, the point of the writing program to be like, can you be flexible with writing different things? And you come out of it being able to write for a live action or or adult prime time or even like regular kid stuff. Definitely. I don't think because I think there's two things. One, they don't want you to feel like just because you're writing for Nickelodeon that you have to be like the squeaky clean writer. Right. Mm. The, my stuff for, le- for the league was like super edgy and not what you would consider Nickelodeon <laughs> at all. My Bob's Burgers is about Bob running out the restaurant and not knowing that someone's going to film a porno in it. It's very <laughs> not what you'd expect for uh, <laughs> kids TV. But um, I think that's because, you know, like, just because you work in kids TV doesn't mean you want to read kids TV all the time, you know? Like, mm. I work on cartoons, and while I love cartoons, I still like to go home and watch 
Brooklyn or Curb or anything that's like an adult thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the same thing for them. It's like if I have to read all these scripts to see who's going to be in the room, I don't want to read a bunch of Spongebobs because I'm already reading Spongebob, you know? So I think it's about like kind of getting getting away from the norm and also seeing like if you are flexible. Because I believe if you can write adult TV, you can write kids TV. It's the same. You're not like speaking down anyone or you're not dumbing yourself down it's just i can write both you know like mm-hmm. there's no difference it's just mm-hmm. don't curse and this kind of the only thing. actually you go ahead okay cool uh, <laughs> um i'm curious about like how how you apply for a writing position like how do you like are you just sending out spec scripts or is it like um, just having a website or like how does one know that you're good enough for a position on a show especially because when it, it's something that you have to kind of sit through and like the scripts are long depending on like what you're writing so yeah. a recruiter for writing is like reading through a bunch like how do they like is it kind of like with the portfolio for artwork where like you got to get that first like 15 seconds and they're like they're like oh they're intrigued by it or something mm. i mean I wish I had a better answer for this. Um, when I was in the writing program on Harvey, uh, one of the writers, Amalia Lavari, who's super talented, uh, introduced me to her manager. Mm-hmm. And after the manager, after the introducing us, I met with her manager and we had lunch and we hit it off really well and she wanted to manage me. So I'm managed by Grace and she will send my work out to other people. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's nice because I can be like, oh, I got this Brooklyn that I think is really fun. Or now I'm saying Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I got this uh, Bob's that I think is really funny. Uh, you know, like maybe we can send that out and she'll do so. So she sent my work out to a uh, few people like, and that's kind of how I got work there. But other things are like word of mouth. So it's like, oh, I worked with this guy at Harvey and now he's at DreamWorks on the show. And he's like, hey, you're a good writer. Come do this freelance. Or I worked with this guy at Harvey and now he's at Amazon. So now I'm writing for Little Big Awesome. So I think it is like building relationships because once people know like, oh, this guy's a good writer, I can depend on him to turn around the script really quick or to turn around an outline, then they're more likely to like reach out to you. But also it's hard because it's kind of those catch-22s where it's like once you're in you're in but how do you get in kind of thing right mm-hmm. yeah. but um i also think it's like it's, it hasn't always been like that because mm-hmm. like at cartoon network i needed a um original to get in so i couldn't use my bobs they mm-hmm. wanted like something fully original so oh, wow. i wrote up an original thing in a few days so it's like a test almost almost yeah but like the good thing is i can use it to go anywhere else whereas like with the test if it were like oh i'm testing for this show then like that's theirs yeah you might not be able to like have anyone look at it (laughs) ever but if i have like an original pilot that i created and they kind of just want to see like oh we know you can play well with the toys in the bob's world but can you play well with the toys in our world Mm -hmm. the best way to see that is like let's see how you do with your own stuff so right i wrote my original pilot i sent it over to them they kind of uh, send it out internally if like there's new shows and they're looking for writers they're like oh well, can you send me anything that's like a funny actiony 11 minute thing and then they'll send like a group of pilots and then the writers read through those in my case Matt read through mine and was like oh this guy mentioned John Cena three pages in bring him in <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. John um, Cena <laughs> 
and that's that's how I ended up on crack. Well, you heard it here, folks. Put John <laughs> Cena in your spec scripts, <laughs> and you'll get a job as a writer and animator. The secret is out. Now everybody knows. <laughs> Thank you, John Cena. <laughs> He's listening right now. Um, our number one listener, John Cena. He, he, he. I'm sorry, I'm thinking about John Cena. I'm just thinking about John Cena sitting at home listening to this. Yeah. Like, buff and shirtless yeah. while, like, with his, like, wrestling belt on, mm-hmm. just being like, man, I love cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. He's like, finally, some recognition <laughs> for my love of cartoons. I got you, John. Hit me up. <laughs> my Twitter's somewhere. You'll find it. <laughs> so you mentioned that you worked on a show called Little Big Awesome. I, um, and it feels like everybody seems to know you more so for Craig of the Creek or even Harvey. But can you speak on what exactly is Little Big Awesome and where should we watch it? Little Big Awesome is available on Amazon Prime, which you can watch the first six episodes right now. Uh, I think I said that clean enough that they'll send me a check. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, Little Big Awesome is a very, like, it's an interesting show. And it's a very fun show. Uh, it jumps from 2D to live action. And sometimes there's puppets. And it's very all over the place in the coolest way. Um, I was able to write on that. I got to do two episodes, uh, one of which featured... Amy Mann and Weird Al, which is the coolest thing in the world. That that I got to write dialogue for those two. Um, I think it's very much like a. I'm trying to think of a like a comparative show. I think the way Ren and Stampy was very out there and different. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this show will be that. I think it's really fun show. I definitely recommend watching it. Not just because I worked on it. Uh, <laughs> my episodes aren't even out yet. So I, and I still say watch it. So. You had me at puppets. <laughs> this sounds amazing. Check that out. Now, was Little Big Awesome, was that between Harvey and Craig? Or was that like during, what, like, were you like freelancing? or? Mm. Um, so after the program, after I finished up on Glitch Text and I was done on Harvey, mm-hmm. I had a stretch of i want to say six months where i was unemployed and yeah it happens uh and during that time i got a little big awesome hit me up i'm like hey come write an episode for us and then within the same week craig hit me up i was like hey come write an episode for us and then within like a week later disney was like hey come work on the show (laughs) so i was juggling all three of those at the same time which was yeah, but it was also like, I can live. I can for food and rent. I can pay my rent now. I can go do my lunch. Yeah. So, <laughs> Adult things. So the timing was like hectic, but great. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, all three of those things, Craig, Little Big Awesome, and other thing that I can't talk about were at the same time, which was great. Shrek 5. Uh, yes. <laughs> Disney Shrek 5. The secret's out. The second secret. <laughs> Adding John Cena to your script. Disney Shrek 5 Shrek featuring five. John Cena. Disney Shrek yeah. 5. It's called a Shrek of the time. <laughs> Shrek. Shrek 5. A Shrek of the time. The Shrekening. I guess feel like you're going to get a call Shrek's from back. DreamWorks. Like, yo, we heard about your like, we we idea for Shrek 5. <laughs> A Shrek of a time, we're in, we want this. 
It's a two-parter. <laughs> it leads into Shrek 6, Shrek Mate. Guys, don't let me do this. Don't let me do, don't, you didn't invite me here for bad jokes. So this is why you're a writer. Because <laughs> bad jokes. No, no, no. That's right, yeah. Because <laughs> you're, you're good with puns on the fly. Well, thanks. I mean, it's not really even a pun, but still. <laughs> um... Jesus Christ, Shrek 5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shrek 5 is Shrek of the Time. Man, I hope DreamWorks actually calls you and just be like, who told you? <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be amazing. How did you know about Shrek 5 Who told you? <laughs> they might actually, wait, they actually might be doing Shrek 5. I can see that. Thing. <laughs> it's just be been rumors surprised. on the internet, <laughs> but we're not here to talk about Shrek. Welcome to the Shrek cast. <laughs> I'm Donkey, <laughs> and we're having waffles. Oh my god! Oh my god! You guys are great. <laughs> You're great. Aw, thank you. Um. So, just moving back a little bit, before you moved out here, because um, you're from Michigan, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, another Midwest kid I'm from yeah. Chicago, yeah. I get um, <laughs> Hey, East Coast boy. Oh, are you going to talk about the fact that you didn't know what a bear claw was? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Detroit. They, we have them. I don't know. I don't mean to call you out, but I'm going to call you Thank out. Thank you for calling me out. <laughs> no. I think it's a very important topic to bring up in the I don't podcast. know what that is. It <laughs> sounds so threatening. Have you, have you had a bear claw since then? I don't know what we, the okay, heck we have that to get is. You a bear claw. Yeah. Like, we like it. I guess. <laughs> this threatening food thing that's coming to attack me. I live with two people that are from Chicago, too, and I don't think they know what a bear claw is. Um, but anyway, so you're from Michigan originally and you moved out here for the writing program, mm-hmm. but was there ever, um, any like nervousness from family about you moving out here? Because I mean, that's a, it's 3000 miles. Definitely. Um, so when I entered the program, I didn't tell anyone, but my girlfriend, mm-hmm. because I figured if I don't make it, then I don't have to go around and tell people like I didn't. I didn't make it. It's a really hard thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. So my thought was, I'll do it. If I make it, cool. If I don't, then, you know, next year. So uh, I made it. And then I had to, like, go tell my mom, like, hey, uh, so I'm moving to California next month, <laughs> uh, which was tough. Um, so it was really, it was a hard thing. And also, like, the plan was I was going to move out first. And then my girlfriend, Felicia, would join me. And that was tough because I moved across the country and then I had to like wait six months for her to join me so I could save up money enough to like bring her out and she'd come out and everything would be ready. So it was a very hard thing to like win this awesome contest. Like, okay, great. My life's going to change for the better, hopefully. (laughs) And uh, within like three weeks, I'm gone. And then just, it's it's hard because it's like, it almost is like, I'm walking to the store and then I just get yanked across the world. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'll call you bye. No, I feel you. I'm I'm dealing yeah. with like a long distance relationship at the moment myself. Mm. And it's been a year and a half. <sighs> so it's been a minute. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm not here to talk about me and talk about you. 
I mean, <laughs> I'm here to listen to you talk about no. <laughs> uh, but I mean, good. The, my story worked out. My girlfriend moved out here six months later. Mm. Uh, we're engaged now. Uh, so congratulations thank you so uh if anything if that offers any comfort <laughs> then yeah so it'll it'll work out mm-hmm. you can do it guys if anybody else is listening that is dealing with long distance stuff for yeah. career choices yeah it can be good just deal with it oh yeah. no that was me <laughs> deal with it. no not Jeez. not deal with it i Gosh, mean, I mean listeners persevere <laughs> i didn't mean it like that no, oh no, my god didn't mean I'm like so that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah yeah you just gotta persevere and hopefully things work out yeah yeah um you asked the question i don't remember what i was gonna ask well i was gonna um jump into how does it feel working on a show like Craig of the Creek? Craig of the Creek. I always say Craig of the Creek. I'm going to reword that. Craig How does it Craig feel? <laughs> For some reason, I always say Craig at hey, the Craig, Creek. Hey, Craig, yo, yo, you, yo, at, Craig. The, you <laughs> at the Creek? <laughs> Craig, you at the Creek? Craig of Creek. Yeah. <laughs> so how does it feel to work on a show like Craig of the Creek? Because uh, there aren't a lot of uh, black, I would say, uh, main character representation cartoons i mean there's static shock and there's proud family um and now we have a modern one craig of the creek so how's it feel to be like i guess molding because it's one of of those shows of like kids just powering around doing nothing and like yeah we have a lot of those but we don't really have one for the black community like Mm -hmm. at the moment i guess you could you can count proud family that back in like yeah, then, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. now we don't. We didn't really have anything of that until Craig of the Creek, and I was like, "Huh, huh." <laughs> yeah, a black slice of life. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, like I got an offer last year for another show and for Craig, and it was really tough because I was a big fan of both shows. But mm-hmm. it also wasn't tough because it was like I don't know when I'm ever going to get the chance to write for a show with a black lead. Mm. and hopefully i'm wrong and that'll change in the future there'll be a lot more opportunities but now i this was where i needed to be because Mm -hmm. i i could not be more excited to be able to give my experiences to this show and because this is a show i I would have loved as a kid this is a show i love now like taking all bias out of it i truly believe craig is an amazing show and um i was just really happy to be able to contribute to it when they brought me in to watch the pilot uh I within seconds I was like I need to write for this what do I have to do to write for this show Mm -hmm. and um, it's been an amazing experience I think one of the things you guys mentioned on another episode was like there aren't me being out here I haven't run into a ton of black artists and writers Um, and when I was other places you know I might be the only one or one of a few on Craig I'm working with three other black people which is really cool and it's really rare. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot in a world of, like, few. So mm-hmm. to go into that show and be able to see, like, Tiffany and Deshaun and Naja and know that we're all working together along with the rest of this crew because I'm not trying to, like, omit anyone. I'm just saying that it's really hard mm-hmm. to, like, there's not a ton of us. Yeah. So to go into this show, know those guys are there. Know that we all know, like, yeah, Tiffany wrote that... um, I don't know if you guys are caught up on Craig, but there's a joke like, 
but the Creek ain't got house money. Tiffany wrote that. That is a black <laughs> joke. That is the blackest joke I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. When Lamar came in and like had the grandma say like, "Oh, Craig, you always smell like outside." Like <laughs> that, that is that is a thing, you know. Like everybody's not gonna pick up on that. So like to be able to do those things and have those experiences and that might like. They're funny to everyone, but to us specifically, yeah. people are going to pick up on that and know like, oh, I, I've heard that a million times. That's me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know all about opening cookie tins and finding sewing supplies in there and yeah. no cookies. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's really cool to have that representation and to be on such a show that's open to that. And <clears throat> ben and Matt are totally like, they, they trust us to do what we need mm. to do and it's great and the, everyone on the crew is so great and willing to grow and learn and I think we're doing something special and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm so happy to be on Craig. Have you had people come to you personally um, about like how much like Craig has meant to them or like just certain little things like the jokes that you mentioned that either you or the other board artists have like uh, wrote in? Definitely. Um, I think one of the really cool things <clears throat> is like the people who reach out on Twitter reach out on Twitter and are like, this is incredible. And they compare it to Proud Family or Static, which means a ton to me mm-hmm. because I love Static. Those are the big... I, the, yes. Mm-hmm. And I love Proud Family, but like Static, oh man, black superhero, teen, yes, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's another cool thing is like, <clears throat> Phil Lamar, who was Static, yes. does a voice on our show. Yeah, he's the older brother. So the first time I saw Phil, and I'm like trying not to geek out because he is Phil Lamar. He's the Green Lantern. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know? Um, so yeah, like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I got on a tangent. Uh, it's just Tangents like, are good. it's really cool to see everyone appreciate the show and like the show. And it's at the point where like, I should be afraid to go on Twitter and search Craig of the Creek because you never know what's going to be out there. Yeah. But it's nothing but positive stuff, which is mm-hmm. great. And we get videos all the time of people like, oh, I watched Craig and now like my kid wants to go to the Creek. Mm-hmm. Or like Tiffany showed us a video of her cousins like reciting the first episode from memory, like all wow. the dialogue. Like oh, people man. are loving the show so much. Mm-hmm. And like when my cousin will text me and be like, oh, I'm watching it with my daughter and she loves it and she's like so happy. Or when I see things like, oh, my son was watching Craig of the Creek and he saw that like he smiled and was like, oh, the grandma is like our grandma or the kids are just like us. Like that's so mm-hmm. important. Yeah. And I'm so happy that like it's out there. Representation yeah. is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, my little cousin, I think he's, he's also a really big fan of it and like he likes to like run outside and stuff now too. <laughs> he's a... 10 years old? I don't remember, actually. I think he's 10. <laughs> he's Craig aged. <laughs> Ages 5 through 11. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, it has a very um good, positive, like, black family. Because, yeah. like, you just typically see in media so many, like, black broken homes or, or just, like, there's a term for it. Like, just... Sorry, I saw I saw a tweet about like this term of showing um like black black trauma, I believe, mm. and typically how we're depicted in media for the mo- like for most part, but with Craig um it's just nice to see a a family just being together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was a really important thing to us and to Ben and Matt and everyone on the show is like you know, like seeing their family at the end, eating dinner together in the credits, is such a powerful thing. Yeah, like it's so, 
it's so simple, but it's so unique because you never really see it. It's mm-hmm. you know like I can't think of any other animated show with like just a family of black people eating dinner together and that's it and it's fine and everyone's there and like we wanted to make sure that everyone felt important and felt fully realized and when we were working on the parents we wanted to make sure like they didn't just feel like oh you know like one dimension like we want you to want to see the parents Mm -hmm. and whether that's like nicole being super nurturing and just kind and sweet and like loving her family so much or Dwayne being like the joking dad that can get upset if his son almost burns the house down (laughs) but also like is there to give advice and nurture you know like we put so much of like the dad is basically my dad and tiffany's dad put together and that's why the characters mean so much to us and we want to make sure that everyone feels that way you've got some really great voice talent behind these characters thank you Uh we got terry cruz which is incredible i was insane i couldn't believe you was that for the voice talent, um, do you guys have people in mind ahead of time, or is it just like, kind of like you throw it out there, like, yeah, I kind of want Terry Crews, and they're like, we got him, and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's exactly how it happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. We were talking about dads, so I was like, we should get Terry Crews. Like, I don't know, if we're gonna be able to get so Terry Crews. <laughs> then we amazing. got him. Yes, yeah, and then Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> incredible, <laughs> and yeah, like. The cast is so great. Like, there's so many awesome people that we work with on a regular basis. Phil is amazing as Craig and H and Noel, and everybody's so good. They make it so easy to write for them because when you hear those voices and you can picture that better, you're like, oh, you know, Kelsey's going to crush this joke. Like, let's do this. Or it makes it easier for us to, like, get a better sense of these characters. F- you know, especially, like, after working on them for so long at the beginning. And not really knowing like where they were going to like be able to be like oh yeah well we can definitely put Bernard here and have him interact with this person and it'll be amazing so mm-hmm. it's really cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's all right. all right. Just makes for good editing. Um, so while watching the episodes that I have watched, I think I've watched maybe seven. I'm not fully caught up, but I watched okay. about seven or eight episodes. And um, I don't have cable, so it takes me a little while to like get the app and stuff. I get it. Um, Cable is expensive. I don't have cable either. What? What's cable? What are you you guys talking about? (laughs) Cable. You mean that that mean that Deadpool guy? Yeah, I know there's like an X Men character cable, like uh, Cyclops' son. Is that what we're talking about? Um, But I've noticed that there are a lot of references to like different types of like nerdy media within it, and. Is that something that you all, when you're writing, kind of throw in there? Or is that the board artist? Like, I saw uh, an End of Evangelion reference in an episode once, and I have had to pause it. And I was like, is that, <laughs> is that supposed to be? And then I looked at my DVD, because I have End of Evangelion on DVD. Mm-hmm. I looked at it, and I'm like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's everyone, man. <laughs> Uh, sometimes that'll be me or Ben or Matt. Sometimes it'll be the boarders. I think that one is Ashley Tahalan, who's one of our storyboard revisionists. Um, sometimes it's the design team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was Ben and Matt, I think. Uh, you don't take Bitcoin? You don't I was take like, Bitcoin? what? <laughs> There's a prop in there from, uh, it's like a spoof on My Favorite Murder podcast. There's a cup that says My Favorite Mustard. Everyone... <laughs> Everyone's like sneaking all these jokes My in. Favorite. There's Adventure Zone minis from D and D. It's just 
it's so crazy. <laughs> it's it's really fun though. Everyone's always trying to sneak stuff in. I may or may not have snuck my uh, D and D character into something. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask, have you have you snuck anything in there? Yeah, well, yeah. not really snuck. Just it's more like. A little like not added to, like, a little piece of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add a piece of yourself to it. Uh, that's really cool. To think about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm just like thinking about how cool it is to like be able to do that. Like yeah. just add the things that you're interested in and like bring a little bit of yourself to the character and to the script and to the story. Yeah, there's a upcoming episode where there's a hairdresser named Shatanya, who I named after my sister. Aww. So <laughs> stuff like that being able to do is really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. That is awesome. That was also her birthday present, so she's not <laughs> Happy birth, birth, belated birthday. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> A merry, merry on birthday to you because you get 364 on birthdays. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. There you go. 365 if it's a leap year? Right? Would it be 363? 363? I can't remember how leap years were. Guys, we're not here to do math. <laughs> you know this isn't a math podcast. <laughs> At least not anymore. <laughs> the lost episode. <laughs> so what's the writing process like? Are you thinking in the mind of a kid when you're writing these stories like, oh, this is something that I would be interested in seeing or like, um, oh, like I want to see this as a kid. So let me write it like this. Like how, how do you write for kids? I guess. <clears throat> I mean, for us, I think it's the same way we write as adults. We, we never want to feel like we're pandering mm-hmm. or speaking down because you know, like <clears throat> we're not just writing for kids. The thing about the show is like adults enjoy it too just like they enjoy steven or just like they enjoy like so many other shows so we never wanted to feel like oh this is a kid's show or this is a show specifically for kids it's for everybody Mm -hmm. so we have to write in that way so um there's an episode where we see craig's grandparents and there's just a line in there like uh because you find out the grandmother was like a civil rights activist Mm -hmm. and she says like there was a lot going on back then there's a lot going on now too which is just Mm. a subtle line if you pick up on it you do if you're a kid and you don't know about it, you won't overthink it. You don't wonder, what am I missing? It's just there. And I think that's the way we try to craft every story. Like, yes, it'll be fun for kids. Yes, it'll be awesome if, like, we see Kelsey do something really cool with her sword and kids <laughs> think, oh, my God, I want to do that. But it's also, like, you know, the important things are, like, the heart of this show. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can have a show that's fully heartfelt if you're trying to taper it to a child. Like, mm-hmm. everyone needs to be able to see it and realize it on the same level. And I think that's what we do with Craig on a regular basis. I think that's what the guys did on Steven. And I think they learned, like, anyone can appreciate it. Kids are smarter than we give them credit for a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I know I think back to when I was, like, seven. I'm like, oh, I was so dumb. Everyone's so <laughs> smart now. <laughs> uh, so I think, like, if you're if you feel like you have to write down the kids, I think you may miss the point. So it's better to keep everything on the level playing field. Mm-hmm. And I think if I know like if I didn't get something when I was a kid, if I watched it, I would look into it or I'd ask about it. Why, why did Aunt Viv's actor change? Hmm. <laughs> I was aware of that when I was watching Fresh Prince when I was I was like, wait, I was oh, like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, okay. that's not the same lady. <laughs> What's going on there? So yeah, that's why we changed Aunt Viv. 
<laughs> Why does Andy's mom have blonde hair now? I noticed that too in Toy Story. Oh. She's blonde in Toy Story 2 versus the brown hair she has in Toy Story Maybe 1. Maybe she's just like, you know, wants to dye her hair. Maybe she's dating again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's trying to put herself out there. You know? <laughs> blonde it up. <laughs> or everybody that was like, oh yeah, the American Dragon Jake Long style changed in the middle. They, they thought people wouldn't know, but they knew. Oh, I feel that was such a stark change. <laughs> like what? Of course people would notice that. It's like when Dexter's art style changed. Oh, was yeah. Very oh different. yeah. That was so different. Like his head was like squatter and he was like more <laughs> angular. And yeah. I was like, this is different. <laughs> you you mentioned though that you didn't necessarily go to college for writing at all, but right. you were able to get into the program. What kind of uh, self-learning tools that you like use to have at your disposal in order to get accepted into the program mm. to like make your writing strong to do such thing um i think for me it was just i went online and i found every book i could download every spec script i could read uh i think in the process you see good and bad so you know what to do and what not to do um and i think i was lucky in the sense that like i had a natural comedic talent and that's not me trying to like you know put shine on myself but (laughs) i mean if you guys want to do that that's fine um but i think for me i think it's easier to learn structure than it is to learn to be funny so i think since i already had that i could learn structure and i was able to like get a bit of it i didn't fully get it down until i was in the program which I think only goes to show that like they're looking for raw talent that they can help mold more than they are mm. looking for uh, someone who fully like I don't think how, how should I phrase this I think it's great if you are fully formed but I don't want anyone to think oh no I didn't go to college or oh no I've only written one you know one play or something that I can't apply for the program because mm. as long as you have the necessary things to enter then enter because you never know what could happen and i think i'm proof of that i just had like a bit of skill and like not a ton of knowledge on structure and i was able to learn that and i've been able to work steadily over the past year because of that so i think um it's just a matter of like for me it was a matter of just finding whatever i could trying to learn what made it work and then experimenting on it Mm -hmm. because the script like and also I was doing like I mentioned like sketches and stuff so that helped me like work my comedy out and see like what worked and what didn't work and also since I was doing spec scripts I could just watch the shows that I was going to spec all the time to the point where I was like oh this is how this character will react in this situation so then when I write them I'm like oh well I already know that Tina's going to say this or Bob would say this so it made it easier for me um, so I think just fully immersing yourself in what it is you want to do. And if it's a spec, fine. But if it's not, it's like, oh, I want to write like a space show. Then watch everything you can about space shows and see what made them work and see what you can kind of like lift in your own way and tweak to make it work for you. Mm-hmm. Did the improv classes that you were taking, um, do you think those helped you as well with your writing? I think they helped me. Not with my writing. I mean, they probably did, but I think they helped more so with just me being able to, like, my personality. Because so much of, like, looking for work and going to meetings as a writer is selling yourself. And I was a very shy individual. The program helped break me out of that. 
but you know, like at the at the time I was twenty five, so I had been shy for twenty five years, and it's very hard to break out of that. Mm-hmm. I think the program helped me a bit, and improv fully helped me like break out of that shell to where now I can just sit here with you guys and talk for an hour, or I can like go up to anyone for a meeting and say, "Hey, how's it going?" or be at a party and feel free to talk, which I don't think I would have before. Mm-hmm. It helped me open up more. It helps me like. Oh, read a situation where it's like, oh, this isn't going well. I should probably make a joke. Or, yeah, go. <laughs> like, do mm-hmm. it and kind of like loosen the tension. Yeah. So, I think it definitely helped me out. I don't know about how much in writing, but definitely in like my own personal like life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Self. Exactly. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Um, if you don't have any more, I think we can roll into the Twitter questions. I do have like one oh, last okay. question. Yeah. Cool. Um, I feel like it's such a final question, <laughs> but, but no, um, I'll just ask it. Um, what are the type of stories that you're interested in telling or seeing in like animated media? If like you have any stories that you're like interested in seeing, like themes that you want to see more of? It's a really interesting question because I think the stuff I would answer are the things that we're getting to do on Craig. Mm. Um, I think family stories are really important, which I'm glad we get to do. I think um, representation for LGBTQ is really important and we got to, we get to do stuff like that. Mm. And there's so many things that I would love to see and I'm glad we're doing that stuff on Craig. I want to talk about it, but I can't. So I guess that's my weird way of selling the show and saying watch Craig and see <laughs> what we're what I'm excited to do cool awesome so I think with that we can roll into our Twitter QA section uh I'm sure you already know how it works because you've listened to episodes <laughs> before, how we do this before our final wrap-up. And we've got a couple here because people are like, oh my god, just really cool, I need to ask good questions! <laughs> so, we got, so we got some here for you. Awesome. Alright, um, let's see. I'm gonna edit my ums and my fumbling around out, or you will edit, I don't know. <laughs> We have uh, Rolling Draws here asking, are you interested in creating a TV show or movie and what kind of genre would it be? Hmm. I think I would like to at some point. Um, I'm not quite sure. I think I'm more interested in a television over a movie or a television show over a movie because it's more long form and I get to build more characters and have more arcs as opposed to a movie. I feel like you kind of got to work quick um establish stuff then cause anarchy then try to tie it up at the end of two hours um i definitely think it would be comedy or comedy action i think stuff like tmnt is really cool and stuff like that so i maybe something in that vein um i have a few ideas i won't i won't tip my hand just yet (laughs) you don't want nobody to steal <laughs> uh, WB, if you want to bring back static, hit me up. 
You know where to go. (laughs) Warner Brothers, you should do it. (laughs) Yes, you should. Don't be cowards! I know Phil Lamar, so I could get him for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have another one here from Taneka Stotts. I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing people's Twitter names wrong. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Um, You can write to us at blackandanimated at gmail.com and let me know, like, hey, pronounce my twitter name right also it might be tanika just to cover both bases i don't know it could be tanika actually if it's it's tanika let me know i was right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah add jeff let him know he's right it's very important there's nothing i love more than people telling me i am right (laughs) how did you feel on your first day in an animation writer's room oh so nervous (laughs) (laughs) um because i was a huge fan of harvey and that's the first room I got in. And mm. so much of it, like, so much of writing is, whoop, I had a thing. So much <laughs> of writing is, like, uh, when you get in the room and you're new, you want to, like, be quiet and observe and not, like, come in. Like, I got ideas and cause a ruck, But you want to see what the kind of, like, what the status quo is. Mm. And then kind of interject. And I was nervous for that for Harvey because I'm such a big fan of the show. And everybody was super talented. And they were already, like, a well-oiled room. But the first day, they were like, feel free to talk and pitch stuff. And, like, we're very open. And they're a very laid back and chill room. And every room is not like that. But that was the perfect starter room to be like, this is where I can get my feet wet. This is where I can see what works and what doesn't work. And everyone's supportive. And if I pitch something and it's not the best idea, no one's going to be like, that's terrible. Get out. (laughs) Uh, Everyone's super cool and sweet. So I think those nerves help because they keep you like on edge and you're kind of doing your best, but it's also like nice to be in a nice environment where they are very forgiving and cool. And like, I think my first week I got to pitch something, um, for the episode, the Brunacorn, uh, which Donnie, who's our story editor told me like, you may have just saved this episode, which is amazing to hear. And so like, I think that established like a certain level of trust between me and them, which was great. And yeah, everything like a month or two later, they were letting me write episodes. <laughs> so that kind of goes into one of our next questions. And I don't know if you can or cannot, but we shall see. Uh, Grace Craft asks, do you have any har- uh, cool Harvey secrets you can share that never made it into the show? Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. There was an episode of Heart, the episode I wrote, which was um, basically like very social media heavy, where Craig or Craig uh, Harvey's <laughs> mom was basically like in an Instagram photo war with by taking pictures of her kids and posting them, and then like oh, yeah. you get more like yeah, it was called the app the, was called Kids to Brand. Yeah, Kids to Brand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with the um, princess's dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dr. Roberts. Mm-hmm. And um, that initially started as an episode about Irving, the dad. And it was about him finding his own thing because he felt like he was being replaced because he was a stay-at-home dad. And then Harvey was like, oh, I can help you clean up. And then all of a sudden, Irving had like a midlife crisis because he didn't know what to do. Uh, so he was going to take up photography. Mm-hmm. And that episode was like in the works and then Carl was thinking, oh, we have a ton of Irving episodes and not enough about Miriam. Is there a way we can shift this? Mm-hmm. And that caused the entire episode to change. And it's something that I'm really proud of. Uh, and that's all because Carl had like 
the wherewithal to be like, let's make this a Miriam story. She's very competitive. It'll, it might work better. Mm-hmm. And it did. Um, what other secrets? There's a joke in that uh, about them going to a mountain that's a volcano mm-hmm. called Mount Gummery. Which was a shout out to Carson Montgomery, who used to work on the show. Oh, uh, cool. we were um, I was wondering. Because I remember there was like another like thing, there like a, another bad, crazy place they like mentioned, and it was like, no, let's go to Montgomery. And I was like, this doesn't sound like yeah, that yeah. crazy at all. It sounds adorable. Montgomery's a gumball? Yeah. And it was like a volcano. I'm like, oh. So, so that's, uh, yeah. And. There's one other one I could give is we wrote a wrestling episode that mm-hmm. would have been really fun. And there was a villain who was a bird and his name was Hot Wing and he was a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and that yes. one would have been great. We were going to do it in season three if we had a season three. But we didn't. So now it's Hot dead. Wing lives on in our hearts. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Hot Wing. <laughs> well, wait, I have, I have a quick question. Like, um, About Hot Wing? No, mm-hmm. <laughs> not specifically about Hot Wing. But like... Are like, what's the? Do you ever, um, like when you have ideas in on different shows, like, do you ever bring them onto another show? Like, do you just like, oh, you know what, this wasn't used. Will we see like, Hot Wing? And yeah, exactly, like that type of thing. <laughs> Does that ever happen? Uh, or has that happened? And you're well, you probably can't answer that. <laughs> no comment. No. <laughs> uh, I think if it if the show lends itself to it, then maybe I don't. No, I don't think we'd get the same episode on Craig. It's a very different show. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say no. Mm. Wink. No. <laughs> <laughs> Expect to see hot wings. <laughs> Expect to see Craig eating hot wings. <laughs> the <future> no. <laughs> the wrestling yeah. outfit. Yeah. <laughs> he, ate, he ate that chicken yeah. when he was pretending he, to be a vegetarian. Yeah. And then she said, put it back, nature boy. And that's a wrestler. So there. <laughs> there you go. There's your wrestler. It was hot wings. <laughs> That's Hot Wings cameo. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh boy. Here's a fun one from The Media Nut. The Media Nut asks, if each of your shows were Hogwarts houses, which house would each show be? Ooh, this is hard. That <laughs> is hard. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Okay. Harvey Beaks is Hufflepuff. Aww. It's very sweet. Uh... I think, yeah. I think Craig is Gryffindor. That makes sense. Mm, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Little Big Awesome is its own thing. <laughs> <laughs> Little Big Awesome is Hagrid's shack. Yes! <laughs> uh, it can't be contained to a house. Um, <laughs> and I don't think I can talk about the other stuff. No, that is A-okay. <laughs> Um, because we have one final one here. Um, we have a question from Eves Kelsey. Are you part of a writer's guild and or animation guild? And how did you hear about it? Did you hear about it from a friend? Or did you just seek it out? We're like, hey, I'm here. Let me in. <laughs> <laughs> that part wasn't part of their question. I Let me in. Knock, knock. Let the right one in. <laughs> I'm the animation guild, and I think you have to join it mm. <laughs> uh, after you do so many hours of some. Like, I think after you hit like, 
I don't know, 3,000 hours. I could be wrong. So many hours of writing, you have to join the guild. Mm -hmm. um, Because, you know, the shows are like union. So Mm -hmm. you have to be in it, which is great for me because I love healthcare. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I joined the guild once I joined Craig. Because I had done like so many things freelance. But once I had joined Craig, I hit like my allotted hours so i had to join mm-hmm. and it's the kind of thing where like once you're in you're great and you pay your dues and you keep getting to go to the doctor and not die <laughs> <laughs> so win-win for me and our final one comes from retro radical what was up with that cardboard city episode that was too real i know right <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy uh it feels like that's more of a like Statement rather than <laughs> what's up with that cardboard city? Like, like what, what were you really? <laughs> uh, Nintendo Labo came to us. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we, no, we did that way before we knew it was a thing, <laughs> like, and they were like, Oh no, everyone's gonna think we ripped off Nintendo. <laughs> and then they came out on the same day, and everyone just compares wow. us to. <laughs> um, I think I want to say that was Ben's idea. And he was like, we should do a thing where there's a dude who builds like a city out of cardboard. And then he has a cardboard. I don't want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. But things happen. And, uh, <laughs> Go watch it. Yeah. I have and not seen this episode. It, I'm like got, episode three or four. Yeah, see it. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's it was the first episode that we did that kind of like fully broke our reality because the first year episode like oh they're just kids and then well not really because then the junk lord episode a boat explodes <laughs> yeah that one yeah. caught me off guard i was like these kids are about to die <laughs> um, oh no and then they made it out alive and i'm like okay yeah i mean you know it's kid logic did they really jump into the sky from a trampoline who knows did the boat explode sure who no i don't know yeah they're in the matrix yeah they're in the matrix craig's gonna wake up with like a knit wool sweater and then he's gonna be morpheus uh, <laughs> yeah, like like for, for some reason like in my head when i'm watching like these episodes i'm kind of thinking like like is the creek like a different universe or something where they go in like different crazy things happen <laughs> like they think it's going on like in their imagination and they come out and it's, everything's different <laughs> my i think just Whatever you want it to be. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy is I remember, that. yeah, it is a cartoon. So there is cartoon. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get an episode like in Fairly Odd Parents when we find out Timmy's been like ten for thirty years mm-hmm. or something. They've been dead the whole time. Oh, no. no. No, I'm sorry. No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's I, not real. I wait till like ten years from now and kids that are adults are just like this is the real backstory for Craig and the Creep. They're, they're deep, trapped deep, in yeah. deep analysis lore videos. Yeah, for Craig exactly. and We're already waiting for them. We yes. talk about them on the crew all the time. Yes. Like, oh, they're gonna be like, oh, this happened, and Craig's forever stuck in the creek or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get the dude from Game Theory making TV show theory episodes about it. Send them to me. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think we can probably start to wrap it up here. Do you have any last minute thoughts for young aspiring writers? Which kind of goes to um, a question that someone had asked, but it was a two-parter. So I'm wanting so to save it for the end. Them. No, we no. didn't delete them. I wanted to save it for your wrap up because it was kind of the same thing. Okay. Like, any last minute thoughts on um people writing how to like structure their scripts and outlines and just 
that want to do the thing and be really cool writers in animation or even in regular television? Um, I mean, I think just do whatever you can to make sure that it is the it's the best story you can tell. If it's an action, make it full action and make sure that like it is the most action-packed thing I, that anyone has ever seen. If it's comedy, make it so funny to where even if your structure is off, they don't care because it's great and you can fix structure. Um, I think just focus on doing whatever you want to do and do the thing. Just do it because it's so hard to... I guess it's so easy to say, I want to do this and never do it. Mm. And that's the hardest part is doing it. Actually, the hardest part is finishing it because once it's done, you can point at it and be like, I did that thing. And whether it brings you what you want or not, you still did it. The first spec script I ever wrote was for The Office. I just did it to be like, I wrote a thing when I, it was back in like 2009, I was 19. I wrote this thing, I had it. And it didn't give me any work. It didn't do anything. It wasn't good. But I did it. And then from that moment, I was like, I can write a script. I have proof I can. And the second script I ever wrote is the one I submitted to Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. So two scripts in, I got a job. And that's very rare. But the point is, if I hadn't done that first one, I don't know that I would have believed I could do a second one. Mm -hmm. So just, just doing it and going for it and completing it and being able to point at it and say, I have this tangible thing that I did. No one can say I'm not a writer. Mm -hmm. I might not be a paid writer. I might not be a famous writer, but I am a writer. And I think that's the most important thing. That's really good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming out here, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks very for much. having me, guys. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> are there. Wait, no, we're not going to say goodbye yet. Oh, okay. Because we haven't said the thing about where can we find you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. Where can we find you? <laughs> uh, I'm in Burbank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> where can we find you online if you wish uh, to be found? Online? I wish to be found at Twitter. My name is at Mr. Jeff Trammell. Two M's, two L's. Uh, I can mainly be found there i mean you could find me on facebook but why just go to twitter uh i'm more active there anyway what's a facebook what is a facebook a facebook is an account that you can use to find the black and Facebook i'm also in that group yes so if you want to so you can find jeff yeah. in the black and animated facebook group y'all i didn't answer your question or if you don't think that craig belongs in gryffindor let me know yes or don't but you know also i forgot i should probably say glitch text is ravenclaw there we go (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll be sure to put a link to your tweetar thank you i don't know why i said it like that that's how you pronounce it (laughs) of course that's how pirates say (laughs) all right now this feels like it's a good yeah okay thank you for coming on (laughs) this feels like a good ending (laughs) thank you very much yeah Yeah, thank you so much Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. To keep up with us, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Black and Animated. And be sure to listen for more episodes on blackandanimated.podbean.com and on iTunes. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of the respective individual and do not reflect the views of our employers. Thanks, guys. Until next time, see you later. <laughs>